Ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 117. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Jared, I can't tell you how great it is to have you back on the show <laughs> for episode 117. And uh, just uh, really glad to have you here, Jared. How you doing? The welcome is very warm. I appreciate it. Like a cozy <laughs> winter sweater. Uh, and Dom's back this week. How's it going, Dom? 117 seems like a good number in which... We can praise the sun. It's your boy, oh, Solaire. What's you had up? That prepped, and you didn't show that before the show started. Oh yeah, uh, I knew it was going to be a moment. My mine's actually unboxed on my shelf right now too. Oh, uh, I pre-ordered that thing so long ago, and then remember it got delayed. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I should. I forgot all about it, and it just showed up on my door. Like, oh yeah, it's the same exact uh, thing. Guys, I was like, what's you guys going to touch it to your to your right stick? I don't know what it unlocks for things. It's just the. Uh, the gesture, just the praise the sun, you know. The... Are you kidding me? It's not very much at all, yeah. Well, it does stuff wow. for other games, Not even, too. like, I was going to say, not even, like, a suit of armor for Dark Souls Remastered. Oh, no, so in Dark Souls, uh, in that game, that's all it does. I don't know about other games, Jared. Um, what was I going to say? I should have actually introduced the show as episode 117. Shout out to Halo. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Completely didn't see the connection there. Um, so let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, Phil Spencer play- would be fucking ashamed of you, by the way, Jared. Uh, our lord and savior, <laughs> Phil Spencer. Um, yeah, so I've been playing more MTG Arena. Nothing to say there. Uh, it's still in beta phase. Um, I think now I'm at the point where I'm just saving a bunch of my gold and stuff, so when it hits 1.0, I can get a lot of the cards for like the specific decks I want to make, like the competitive ones. So I'm just messing around with that. Nothing to report there. Um, AC Odyssey, I talked about before we started the show that I'm trying to finish it before Red Dead. I don't know if I'll get there. So there's nine total chapters in the game. That doesn't really say much because some of the chapters are like an hour long and some of them are like five hours long. But um, I'm in chapter seven of nine, so I'm nearing the end. I'm about 40, I think 43 hours in. I'm level 34. Um, Usually, if I remember, Origins caps at 50, I think, but you usually, you finish the game, like, at 38 or something, reasonably. Um, I think there might be a level boost for the expansion packs. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm saying, like, base game. Um, One thing I will say is the narrative is still great. There's some reveals that have happened recently in the back half of this narrative now that are, like, really cool and really Assassin's Creed and vibe, Jordan. I don't want to spoil anything for you, obviously, but, like, they definitely hit on, like, okay, yeah, this is Assassin's Creed. Some really cool stuff. Um, Some more puzzle elements towards the back half of this game than I remember being in Origins. There were some puzzle stuff, but um, it seems like there's uh, a little bit more involved puzzles in the back half of this game. Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying the game so far. The... The thing I love about it, and it's it's interesting, I don't know if in the next set of Assassin's Creed games we get if they're going to add, like, item crafting or what they do there, yeah. but I do love the the differing weapons, especially with, like, if there's one objects, obviously there's the maces and, the, and then there's axes and there's stabs and stuff, and they all have their unique abilities, and you have your overpower attacks, which when you build up enough meter you can use them, and they all work differently, so, like, the staff is really good for, like, groups of enemies, the axe is good for, like, distance... Um, and the bludgeon oh, is interesting. Because uh, the same power in Origins is basically just taking out one guy no matter what weapon. Yes. Uh, and th- Actually, now that you said that, that reminds me uh, that that was the case in, yeah, in Odyssey. So I'm rocking 
the I my weapons constantly change as I get higher versions of different stuff, right? As I find loot mm-hmm. chests and stuff. Currently, uh, last thing I was using was this staff, and its overpower attack is it doesn't lock onto one enemy. You just kind of swing and you direct the your movement. So if you're in a crowd of dudes, you can like swing, swing. If you end up killing one guy, you could just redirect and aim towards another dude. You know what I mean? Or you can constantly just barrage all of them on one person. So you have a lot of freedom there of like, okay, these two guys are low on health. I'm going to start it, hit both of them, kill them, and then immediately turn left and try to get a couple of hits on this guy before it runs out. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I'm hoping to finish nice the game upgrade soon. from Origins to Odyssey. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about last episode of we're not getting an AC, a mainline AC next year. I'm interested to see what that first game is, and then I'm really excited to see what the improvement is the following year. Because I really liked Origins, but Odyssey just took everything that they introduced in that game and polished it up and made it better, you know? So, yeah, not not much else to report on an Odyssey. Um, I think the next time I'll talk about it is when I beat the game. I'm trying to finish it in time for Red Dead. I don't know if that's going to happen. What I might end up doing is I might end up starting Red Dead, getting a little bit into it where I'm like, you know, in the part of every game when you get like comfortable with the controls and you're kind of past that tutorial level and it's like the world is open to you now. I might play yep. Red Dead to there just to get comfortable so that way when I know I'm jumping back in, I don't have to slog through all of that. And then I'll hop back into AC, try to grind that out as much as I can, and then get back to Red Dead. Because um, I really want to finish AC Odyssey, but I also want to play some Red Dead too. So uh, I think that's what my plan will be moving forward. The last thing I want to talk about, not too, uh, not going on too long, but um, I binged Daredevil Season 3. We've talked about how bad I am at actually watching shows and getting them done, but... I was very excited for Daredevil Season 3, and it met my expectations. Obviously, I, I don't know if you finished it. You were in the middle of watching it, right, Jordan? I w- finished Episode 8 last night. Okay, cool. So I won't even talk about anything towards the end of the season. What I will say is, as, with Daredevil, I think it's the best show um, out of all of the Netflix Marvel shows. Um, I oh, yeah. really liked Season 1. I didn't like the second half of season two, but the first half for me is really all killer, no filler. And this season has excellent character writing. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is obviously fantastic. Killing Um, it. I don't know the actor's name who plays Point Dexter in the show, but he's, as a new character, he's very good. And um, the nun in the show is also uh, very, like a lot of these new characters that they've introduced have actually done really well. Yep. I didn't like Foggy's acting in the first season. I think it's way better in this season. I think I was actually, gonna say I think he's like, this is the season where he's uh, come into that role of being like the comic book character. Like, yeah, he is kind of like a a goofball. You know, he's not like the the sharpest guy on the board, I guess. But yeah, um, he. I think the actor is doing that well. Where it's like, yeah, he's competent. Like, he's a decent lawyer, but he's also kind of an idiot sometimes. And uh, shout out to uh, Ray, who's the F- one of the lead characters in the season. He's the FBI agent, um, the yeah. Middle Eastern FBI agent. I Nadine. love, yeah, uh, Ray Nadim. I love when you have characters who they're a minority or they're for representation, but that's not what defines the character at all. I think that's when you do it best. And he even talked about it in an interview. He said, the thing for me, being the, the ethnicity I am, when I read scripts, it's hard to find a script where it doesn't delve so much into the, my cultural background and all of this stuff and, you know, terrorists and all, all of these things. He's like, 
when I read the script for Daredevil season three, it was just a well fleshed out character who happens to be an American FBI agent who also has cultural differences, but that's never even a thing. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's representation without making it feel forced. Um, yeah, I absolutely love the season. Obviously, we knew Iron Fist got canceled recently. They announced that Luke Cage got canceled. Um, people were worried about that. I think they said that Iron, the actor who's playing Iron Fist is coming back to play him. And uh, the guy who plays Luke Cage, is it Mike Coulter? Is that correct? Yep. Uh-huh. He he didn't seem to... I mean, he seemed upset about it a little bit, but he didn't seem like too worried. There's actually yeah. rumors going that they're going to have a Heroes for Hire show. Um, that being Ooh. said... Heroes for Hire, Dom, is just like... It would be a group-up show between them two. I know you don't care anything, but just to, for your people listening who might not <laughs> yeah, know what Yeah, dude, that's honestly um, what I think needs to happen with the whole Marvel-Netflix deal. Is like, put, put them together like with their strengths. You know, like uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage probably don't need their own show. You know, put them together. Exactly. That's like the are, dynamic are they doing, duo. Are they doing yeah. more of the uh, Kristen Ritter one? Still, uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah. That one, yeah. Yeah. that one from what Netflix has talked about, Daredevil and Jessica Jones have been the most popular. Um, Jessica Jones is already working on season three. They're already yeah. doing season three. That's good uh, at least, right? Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones season yep. one is definitely hit or miss for people. I absolutely loved yep. it. Uh, David Tennant. Like <laughs> David Tennant is like a fantastic actor. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen <laughs> yeah, season three yet. Um, Luke Cage. Um, obviously, the the thing with that, Dom, is people loved the first half of the season, but once the main antagonist dies, people didn't really like the second half of the season. Season mm-hmm. two picked up, and people really enjoyed it, and they thought it was good. But I think it partially suffered from Iron Fist, really suffered from, where if you have a hit-or-miss first season, Netflix is... There's so many other things to watch on Netflix that people are just like out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it didn't yeah. hit Luke Cage as much as it hit Iron Fist. I got um, a little bit... My interpretation which is basically useless because I've not even watched half these shows, but my interpretation was a little bit of a, maybe, a, I don't want to say like a, a telltale thing necessarily, but like, oh, like Daredevil started off really cool. and Like, oh, people are loving these Marvel Netflix shows. Like, let's crank these boys out. Let's get them going. Let's Well, they had already cash, planned the whole, right? they had built it around Defenders, which is the team of Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. I forgot they did so that. So they had planned all that. And I'm thinking now that we have, so Defenders technically hasn't been canceled. So technically no. the four Marvel Netflix shows right now are Defenders, Jessica Jones, Punisher, and Daredevil, which honestly probably should have been the case the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And then Luke, Luke Cage and Iron Fist just hop into Defenders or Jessica Jones or Daredevil. So um, we'll see. It'd be cool if they like take the three solo series that they're doing and then uh, kind of like use that to bolster defenders and then kind of give the canceled show characters some some time but time on screen but it is kind of a weird spot that they're in right now especially with daredevil season three being successful you know and punisher being super successful like daredevil and punisher are my favorite obviously punisher only has one season but like daredevil for having three seasons and i'm i'm i love two and a half you know of it Mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily dislike the second half of season two or think it's bad it just didn't l- hit the notes that everything else did for me um, i was thinking watching it jared that you might know this better since you've seen the whole season season three seems like a better overall season but like to me you're never going to touch the punisher episodes of season two those are going to oh, be oh no <laughs> the best episodes of the series you know yeah i mean 
I think the only things that come close are the episodes in season one with Daredevil and Kingpin because it is just that that connection between two people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think with season yeah. three, as good as it is, there's a lot more characters, so you can't really focus on a character versus character dynamic. One thing I will say, because yeah. you have seen the episode, and I would urge you, Dom, even if you have no interest, go to, to watch any of these shows. Go to Netflix and click on the specific episode. Season three, episode four of Daredevil has one of the most insane quote-unquote one-shots or continuous takes I've ever seen yeah. in TV. Obviously, there's probably yeah. some editing there, and it's not entirely actually a one-take. Sure. But sure. the continuous shot in that in that uh, episode, Dom, is crazy. So it's basically Daredevil in a prison trying to get out. I don't want to spoil anything else if you actually yeah. end up watching the show. It's really cool. But it's an entire continuous shot of him making his way out of the prison during, like, a riot. It is awesome. A lot of cool um, stuff in season three. I'll be honest, because yeah. I, I watched uh, season one and two of Daredevil. Um, they're both pretty good. But so you've already, you're technically ready to go on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so season one was I think really good. Um, I wasn't, you know, it was interesting enough to to learn about that his character. I can't even remember his real name, Murdoch. Uh, Matt Murdoch. Matt. Yeah. Um, it was like interesting enough for him, but uh, I really like like you guys mentioned the uh, Kingpin. He was the villain. Like he was really cool. And his story coming up was actually really interesting. I actually really liked him. But then it had that great payoff at the very end when he finally puts the suit on and all that. It's like, oh, this is badass. I got one of those feelings. And then season two, I think, was pretty cool too. A lot of fighting, but then yeah, the Punisher stuff was what kind of like really kept me going on that. So what's like the the big draw in season love, three? Is there like Kingpin returns? First, so it's yeah, more King like yeah. They've kept him going, and he's never been irrelevant in the show. And okay. I was also thinking about how, like, honestly, dude, I'm going to need... I know this is probably never going to happen, but it is technically in the MCU. I really need, like, some crossover between the Daredevil characters and the Spider-Man Tom Holland characters. Mm. Because, like, seeing him go up against Vincent D'Onofrio, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, would be so cool... Or seeing him team up with uh, this daredevil would be super cool. So I would love to see some of that, but who knows? Well, if that frankly, probably uh, you're not. kind of writing yourself into it. I mean, they have to overlap. Like these two characters, like they, you know. Yeah, these, it's like they if we're doing interact. these Spider-Man movies and he's in Avengers, and it's like really you're just not going to talk about Spider-Man yeah. and <laughs> at all. Or like Spider-Man doesn't know who Daredevil is in Hell's Kitchen, like that just wouldn't make well, they sense. They have to either. acknowledge it at least something. And it has two things yeah. going for it. One, Vincent D'Onofrio is a Hollywood actor, so like him yep. making the transition would be easy for the studios to. And Charlie Cox has been in some Hollywood movies too. Yeah, but I'm talking about from a studio perspective, and like I think getting Vincent D'Onofrio across would be way easier than than uh, Charlie Cox. Not that he doesn't deserve it or anything. Just from a super perspective, like, oh, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, people know that name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. The second thing is that, according to Kevin Feige and people at Marvel, they don't want to use villains that have already been in Spider-Man movies. So we haven't right. seen Kingpin in any of the Spider-Man movies, so that gives mm -hmm. it another possibility mm -hmm. as well. And Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio has expressed a lot of interest of wanting to do it. So, um, yeah. Sounded yeah. likely. Hope, mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know. It's a, it's a pipe down at this like point, but who knows. Yeah, like the Sony Spider-Man situation is all weird. And uh, yeah. Who yeah. knows? But it is uh, something that I dream of. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, it's like they have the rights to the characters. They're already making... They already have the live-action Kingpin in the MCU. You know, why the fuck is he not fighting Spider-Man? Yeah. So. Um, that's it for me. Uh, what about you guys? All right, let me get in there. Uh, <laughs> I get excited. 
uh, I booted up. Uh, brief, Odyssey. don't brief. Yeah, brief. I, I got it. You're right. I do have to like fucking take a chill pill. I'm like uh, choking on my own words. I booted up <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Jared, but I did so via uh, Google Project Stream in my Chrome uh, browser. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> you got into the the beta testing. Yeah, played it for about a half an hour, and uh, and then that was the end of that. Didn't have any more time for it, but but it seemed to work pretty well. But nice. I can't actually can't actually speak to the game at all based yeah, on that. Are you gonna? So any, do you have any interest in the expansions for that game? Are you gonna be playing those? Are you talking to me? Odyssey. Yeah, Jared. Uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear the beginning of your sentence. Apologies. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it depends on when they come out and what exactly is included in them. I'm not like anti their their uh, expansions. I know they have a lot of content and stuff. It just yeah, it depends on where I'm at because like I still want to play Red Dead, get to that. Then Red Dead Online comes out, and I want to tinker with that. And then I want to get to God of War. So I don't know if I'm going to have time, and I don't know if I'd rather spend that money on something else. You know it, what I mean? It is. Yeah, I I'll feel say you. It's interesting how they're doing like episodic expansions, and then in between they're adding like little mission packs in there. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it seems like an interesting season pass. I'll say that much. I think Far Cry Five kind of had that problem for me because uh, I liked, I really liked that game, but the expansions like came out much later and and then they were weird in the in their own right i guess i think some of them were pretty good but i don't know but i i was well beyond that game anymore to like i'm not going back for these weird expansions at this yeah. point because like the there's other thing, things i'm doing now yeah. the one thing that ac odyssey has for my attention is that like, i absolutely love cassandra like i love that character so much like it's one of my favorite video game characters oh, that's so good. i don't know if i'll just bite the bullet and be like i just want to spend more time with this character you know so yeah who knows? Oh. I I definitely miss some expansions, but even if it's because there's some that come out like a fucking year after the game, and if it's a game I love enough, I'll definitely go back for it. So, well, in this game, there's no a new Assassin's Creed next year, so their timeline might be there. You go. Yeah. Ah. It's gonna support it forever. You know what I mean? So, did you did you play like Curse of the Pharaohs and the Hidden Ones for Origins? I didn't play any of them for Origins. No. Okay. But, I mean, think about if I don't get to them now, next year when I'm itching for an Assassin's Creed game during this time frame, I might just buy the expansion at a reduced price and then get my Assassin's Creed fix for next year, you know? Absolutely, and I'll say this much for them. They, going back a long time, I mean, even, like, the Ezio trilogy, they've always had good story expansions and just good, like, season pass DLC in general for Assassin's Creed. And Most of Ubisoft games, I mean, obviously, fucking Rainbow Six Siege is still on fire, so... Yep. Uh, Dom, go ahead and finish. We cut you off there a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I didn't actually like put any significant time into the game, but for the little time I did play, I could say like Project Stream it works pretty well. Because um, I had tried PlayStation Now a year or two ago, uh, and it just oh, was not <laughs> reliable enough. Um, yeah. Got my internet upgraded substantially since then. And so, and so that on top of, I, I'm guessing, and this is, uh, it's not an Apple's, you know, Apple's comparison because I have different internet than I did in each scenario, but it works much better than PlayStation Now did. Uh, that's Google, the Google stream service or whatever. So, just putting that out there, I guess. Could you um, theoretically beat the game in this program? This I have yeah, access have, to it for like... We have ownership since January. January like 13th or something weird. Yeah. yeah. You we even get like... Game. <laughs> you even get like $10 of time. credit for like microtransactions, I guess, too. Which, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm guessing Google like just fucking dropped a stack of cash at Ubisoft store like hey we want to do this you know some people might not buy your game because they can play it for free but but anyway 
it's not perfect, on. but the fact that you're playing a AAA game in an internet browser is insane. At the it's remarkable. Least. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> cool as a concept, if nothing else. Um, I might get back to it. We'll see. Um, I, I I might have to like move my router because uh, right now it's in the basement, so I might want to like you know move that up where I can actually. We'll see. I'll, imagine, I'll let you guys know how it goes. But how are imagine, your victims going to connect to Wi-Fi if it's not in the basement? <laughs> I was going to say, imagine it like an umbrella dom because you want it as high as it can go and like spread out over your house. Really? It doesn't go rest. up? Yeah. Or I mean, it doesn't. it's not a giant circle? It's an umbrella? It's more yeah, like a dome. Umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So I'd really be best off in the top floor then. So you actually want to take it outside and tie it to your, uh, your cable antenna or whatever it is. Ah yes, of course. Of also, course. the uh, the less like metal or electronic stuff you have surrounding it, the better signal you'll get. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I, I got Just wrap it in tinfoil. Yeah, get the bunny <laughs> yeah. ears or whatever. Um, other than that, I played a lot more God of War three remastered. You know, like the other hot new Damn, game of the this year. This is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> the hotness. Yep. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun game. You know, it's a fun game. Hell yeah, it uh, is. But uh, it's it's really interesting playing this after uh, God of War, you know, the uh, PS4 from earlier this year, because you can you can definitely feel like you, you know all the DNA in that new game, um, like all those like the same kinds of puzzles are there. Um, the action, you know, the combat is is similar, um, but in my opinion, it's just it's uh, it's just so much better. In, yeah, uh, it's it's in, yeah. That's the easy way to say it. Yeah, it's just more arcadey before with the fixed camera and stuff, um, and the you know each hit isn't quite as meaningful, I guess. So um, you like God of War four better, combat wise. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's just I would say it's it's hard to say that it's better just objectively because it's different. It's a different style, you know. So I could see where some people might actually like the more arcadey old old style better, but it's just a totally different kind of thing. But it's cool. It's really interesting to see, you know, where that came, that where God of War Four came from, and kind of some of that DNA. I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's been fun and interesting. But Kratos is just, oh my God, he's just like annoying as hell. Um, to everyone who ever complained that Kratos isn't a great character before, they were right. So at least in this well, game, he's just kind of one note. I will note. say, God of War Three is like, you know, never go full Kratos. He totally goes <laughs> full Kratos because. Yeah. He's like ripping the head off of uh, Apollo or something. Like he's just yeah. doing the most outrageous shit to these gods mm-hmm. and he's killing. So. It's like the dials at eleven. <laughs> and I'm sure if I had played, you know, the preceding games, that I feel a little bit different. You know, because I all I know is I don't know the gist of it. Is but these gods have just been like putting him through hell and back multiple times, literally. Um, yeah. Yep. And so the way he's acting. While you know, with, without having seen the story, the pre- preceding stories themselves, the way he's acting, I still understand. It's like, okay, that makes sense. It's over the top, of course, but um, I, I can at least get you know why that's going on and why he is. And it seems like this game isn't. There's not much story to it. It's just kind of like this is like the end. Like he's fucking up all the gods. Like this is just you know, the, most of the story has already been told about why this is happening, and then here's just like. It feels like a final act, really, of a of a larger game, kind of. But it's fun and yeah. crazy over well, the top. Yeah, it's that conclusion to that trilogy, you know. Yeah. The interesting thing too is like the game, how the games have been made, kind of 
mirrors mythology in a way of like there's a whole thing about the phoenix being reborn and stuff like that and in a way it's like kratos is his journey is over in that game and then he's reborn as someone new in the new god of war you yeah. know what i mean yeah, so it kind of that. mirrors that in a way but so, yeah i'm nearly done philosopher i'm i think i'm like nearing uh you know the final fight with zeus or whatever i gotta be getting close so yeah it's, it's been a fun game i'm i've been digging it uh you just said the philosopher journey real quick. I don't want to touch on this too long. One of the best parts of Odyssey 2, 2 is running into – it's always been with Assassin's Creed – running into the historical figures. So uh, Socrates is hilarious in this game, but like more in like a dry humor, straightforward way because um, he just like talks forever and you're just like, shut up already, Socrates. Just shut up. Stop talking. Um, and Hippocrates is in this too who obviously is one of like the – um, the founders of, of medicine and medicinal practices. Obviously, that's why they call it the Hippocratic Oath um, and all that stuff. And he's very interesting to his story of like healing people and um, coming up with methods of treating the sick and the wounded um, is really interesting. So I forgot to throw that in with the historical figures. It's really cool. Hell yeah. What have you been playing, Jordan? So, uh, been playing a bunch of. Well, I guess I'll just touch on Assassin's Creed real quick since we've been talking about that. Um, I'm probably seventy-ish percent through. Or you're going to say hours? <laughs> Me too. I thought you were going to say no, no, no. Okay. I mean, I have played a lot, and I've done a lot of like, because um, you know I've talked about it before how much I love running around the worlds of Assassin's Creed, and Egypt's pretty cool, obviously. So, um, you know, running around and unlocking stuff and taking down forts and messing around like when buddies come over we just pass off the controller or whatever so doing like side stuff and main quest actually and i think i'll just get around to odyssey um you know i could probably get like the gold edition with the season pass uh, around black friday pretty cheap um so like christmas time i'll probably be ready to roll up into odyssey um go with cassandra too man i'm telling you Oh, she's, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. she's the better character to start the game with. It's rare that I have a choice in a game and choose the male uh, protagonist. You know, I'm almost always going with the females just because it makes it, uh, like, more often that I'm playing female-led games, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so I'll continue on with that. And I've uh, been playing a bunch of... Valkyria Chronicles remastered for the Nintendo Switch, which ah. I played. I played for a while when it came out on PS4, uh, but then, unfortunately, like many other games, I heard that it was coming to Switch, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm buying this game twice, uh, and that's what happened. Uh, but I'm already farther at this point than I was, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> added Did you to get the, the discount, Jordan? If you owned if you owned Valkyria Chronicles four on Switch, you got the remaster for twenty five percent off. I don't know if you yeah i I haven't bought four yet because oh, okay. uh, you know I'm I I've never beat one yeah and uh, I think I'll probably end up going through the whole series because uh, you can play the second one as a PSP game on Vita and then I can uh, emulate the third one never came out in America so I'll just have to like emulate an English uh, ROM of that hopefully on my computer if I can find it 
and then I'll probably get around to four back on Switch. I did download the demo, Jared, because uh, I found out that um, progress carries over, which is the main thing, and um, there's like bonus missions that you can only play in the demo. So um, I'll play, you know, I'll play through the series and I'll play the uh, VC4 demo on Switch before I jump in to that one. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, like I said, add it to the stable of uh, strategy games I've got over here on Switch that I've been playing, um, which is like around 10, I would say at this point. Like we're, we're pushing like seven or eight different strategy games I've been fucking around with. And this is like a big one. This is, um, I would say, one of the ones that kind of got me into the genre. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, of course, it has its flaws, but it's a really cool game. It's got the, the anime art style, and um, it's like a kind of a fantasy, kind of like a Norse mythology mixed with World War I um, look to it. And feel to it so uh, i've been always yeah, curious cool about game. that i never understood what the fuck is the deal with these games and, and that's i'm blunt being blunt because that's how i just i never understood and like it, we got like yeah. this weird m1 grand looking rifles but then is this a fantasy I, it's, I don't know i've never looked into these games close enough to actually learn about them but it sounds like you're describing my confusion a little bit with that i mean yeah it's you don't really play strategy games do you not really no so, I mean, it's definitely like a tedious strategy game. And you got to remember this is a originally a PS3 game uh, that has been remastered. So a lot of kind of the stuff I've been talking about recently with strategy games that are more modern and the kind of quality of life stuff that they have is not necessarily present here in Valkyria Chronicles 1. Um, for example, a lot of games will let you... And JRPGs have kind of been doing this stuff too where they'll let you fast forward um, especially through your enemies actions if you're doing like a turn based strategy game particularly uh, because you know it can get old just like watching your enemy move and um, of course you want to see like what they're doing to your soldiers or whatever but um, that's just an example of one of the things in the original Valkyria Chronicles that could um, that feels a little less modern. So yeah, I don't know if I should uh, necessarily recommend it to you, Dom. You could get it for twenty bucks on Switch, and um, that's a great place to play it. Uh, definitely a little framey, which is weird because it's a PS3 upgrade. Um, a little framiness, like to the point where I'm like, okay, this is this is fucking framey, not just not just here and there, but uh, yeah. If you decide you want to start getting into strategy games, and you know, you're down with it being turn-based and like I said kind of tedious and slow moving and definitely you know as most strategy games are definitely has a level of difficulty that it brings with it so um, I'm really enjoying it uh, starting it the second time and uh, yeah I plan like I said I plan to uh, hopefully continue on with the series um, continued uh, kind of tinkering around uh, kept up with Bravely Default on 3DS not much to save the air, and um, jumped into the Spider-Man PS4 DLC, the Heist uh, story expansion. So far, it's pretty good, and I'll say that, um, you know, it has a decent amount of story content, 
um, like cutscenes and stuff, but then it also has a solid amount of challenges, extra challenges that they're adding to the game. Um, so Jared, like, I know you enjoyed a lot of the side stuff in uh, the bay, base game. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe maybe you'll be enjoying this stuff. I might be jumping into like the side challenges, um, but I just noticed that there is a a healthy dose of them. So. Hmm. Um, I've played through like three or four of the missions now, so um, I would say I'm probably about halfway through of through like the main story of the heist. Um, so yeah, it's enjoyable, and you know, this is one of those DLC packs, kind of like with alongside the challenges. It's definitely one that is just adding to the main game and making a strong game even stronger. Um, this is not like. Uh, Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea where they're totally changing the game's mechanics and really spinning things on their head um, which I'm, you know <clears throat> I was kind of talking earlier about how I really enjoy playing like expansion packs and uh, through the season passes of a lot of games so um, I'm cool with either if you want to just add on to your already great game or if you want to try something totally new I'm usually down if it's a game that I really enjoy so um, yeah, more of just more awesome stuff here. Um, I'll, I'm keeping it a little vague just so you guys can hop in and, and go in blind. Uh, but definitely enjoyable. And since I know we all enjoyed Spider-Man PS4, I'm sure that uh, we'll all end up enjoying this expansion pack. And I'm certainly excited for um, the way they've planned out this season pass with uh, like basically one story expansion each month after release October, November, December. So, um, yeah, cool stuff and and Black Cat's cool. So yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see how that goes. Well, it's I like that it's piecemeal and the fact that it's only two and a half to three hours means that I can beat it in a night. Which during the fall sure. where there's so many games to play, that actually gives me a higher chance. I, I mean, I'm obviously gonna play this because I love Spider-Man, but it gives me a higher chance of going back and playing the DLC because we just talked about with odyssey if i'm going to get the expansions obviously those are a lot longer than two and a half to three hours so it's you want to play those when you have more free time whereas with this i'm like i get one a month and i only need to hop in for two and a half to three hours i don't know i really like the structure of the release and i can't wait to hop into it so um i think that like you were saying this is obviously not a uh spider-man problem or like an insomniac problem uh, but you were saying you guys hadn't hopped in yet, so this wouldn't be an issue for you. But uh, just something to note, jumping into the PlayStation ecosystem, Jared. Um, I wasn't able to download this uh, DLC pack until, like, well into the Tuesday that it came out. Same, yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is not like a... For whatever fucking reason on PlayStation, DLC expansion packs, you can't just preload them like you would, you know any main game so that's weird sucks, but just kind of a side note there yeah it's weird i actually uh monday night i was trying to download it you know and i was like okay it's not letting me it's weird and yep. then so yeah tuesday yeah, exactly. i'd wait for a while on tuesday to be able to download it um real quick before we hop into the news i thought this is a little bit interesting so obviously the red dead reviews are coming in the day we're recording this october 25th the day before the game releases uh it's actually reviewing higher on xbox than playstation um hmm. On Xbox One, it's currently sitting at a 98, and on PlayStation 4, it's a 97. So both are really good. Um, Incredibly I'm assuming, good. Holy shit. I'm assuming that the, the plus one prop might have to do with the performance on Xbox One X. Uh, Digital Foundry came out and said that the way this game performs on Xbox One X is 
way superior than PS4 Pro or any of the other baseline systems. That it's nice. obvious how well this performs on Xbox One X. So I'm assuming that plus point probably has something to do with it. Interesting tidbit. Can you guys name the uh, the second highest rated reviewed game that has a higher review score on Xbox than PlayStation? It's a third party game. Uh, GTA 5, 4. Uh, no, those are viewed the same. They're both 97, technically, on both. I'll say this. It's a franchise synonymous with Assassin's PlayStation. Assassin's Creed Unit. Uh, Final Fantasy 13. Metal Gear Solid 5. It's a 95 oh, on really? Xbox One and a 93 on PlayStation 4. Ah, very two points then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought that was a very interesting tidbit. I was like, wow. Um, anyways, let's hop Real into quick, the news. Uh, do you mind if I shout one thing out, Jared? Yes, I'm game related. No, of course. Go ahead. <laughs> So, uh, I've been going back through the Studio Ghibli movies and uh, going uh, through order of release. So, I just want to give a huge shout out to that stuff because uh, watching the HD remasters, I'm going to watch the dubs and then some of them even have multiple dubs. Um, so, I might end up watching them twice, uh, but I'll watch the dubs and then go back through on subs probably. Um, but yeah, watching the HD remasters, they're fucking gorgeous movies, man. And, uh, after I finish them, I kind of just put them on, uh, when people are over playing video games or whatever, put them on in the background as a visualizer with music, but, um, just a huge shout out to those movies in that studio. I will say, I finally watched Grave of a, Grave of the Fireflies for the first time, which is the first Takahata film, um, He's one of the directors in the studio. And people talk about that movie being sad, but I'll just go ahead and give everyone a warning, a zero-spoiler warning, that this is easily, like, the most fucked-up sad movie I've ever seen in my life. It is animated. Do not let that fool you. Like, just... Oh, my God. Like, probably the most heartbreaking movie I've ever seen. Just fucked-up sad stuff. So... Um, beautiful movie, well done movie, you know, well written, very well done movie, but it's one of those things like, man, I don't know if I can watch this again. I, you know, I appreciate it and respect it, but my God, if you're ever walking into that movie, just know that you're about to be fucked up after that movie. So, <laughs> man, that sounds go. like, uh, that's how I felt about Manchester by the Sea, that movie from a few, a few years uh, ago. I mean, it's, that's sad, but like, dude. I'm telling you, this is on another fucking level. Yeah. Here, it's... I'll give you. Oh, I'll give you a, a very minor spoiler. I mean, actually, this, you even see this in the very first part of the film. Yeah, the the first scene of the movie is being introduced to this young boy dying of starvation because his parents died in World War II, Japan, like the bombings and stuff. And like, then it's the movie is basically about him and his younger sister as children just wasting away of starvation and homeless after their parents die. It is, I mean, it is gut-fucking-wrenching. It's so. It's funny that you brought up Manchester by the Sea, so I don't like Mark Wahlberg as an actor. I just I have a hard time watching movies. I think I then. found a Transformer! And the reason I bring that up is because I have the same thing with Casey Affleck. I could not uh, get yeah. past the first, like, 15 minutes of that movie. I just don't like him as an actor. And then when I heard all the stuff that happened about him with, like, the Me Too movement and stuff, I'm like, Yeah, he oh. seems like a creep. Yeah. I I didn't like him before that, but then that just, like, yeah. 
gave me a little bit of reassurance, you know. Probably uh, not that you know you'll ever go and watch this. Have you seen him in Gone Baby Gone? Uh, kind of a thriller. No. Uh, drama. I think Morgan Freeman's in it. It's probably ten years old. That's a great movie. He's good in that. Speaking of sad, let's hop into the news. We got a couple of sad yes. news stories and then some impressive stuff to talk about. So the first one is that Jade Raymond has left EA. Uh, this is via Game Informer by Kimberly Wallace. Jade Raymond, head of EA Motive, has left EA. Uh, Raymond joined EA and founded EA Motive back in 2015 after spending years at Ubisoft and other places. Uh, she's most responsible for bringing the Assassin's Creed franchise to life and was one of the leads on the sequel. Uh, she'll be replaced by Samantha Ryan, whose prior work includes being the senior vice president at Warner Brothers in their marketing department, as well as being the president of Monolith, which are the guys who did um, the Shadow of, Shadow of Games. Um, yep. Shadow of Games, yes. The Shadow of, yes. Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Uh, yeah, Shadow of Middle Earth. Um, Shadow of War and Shadow of... Uh, the other one? Mordor. Mordor, yeah. Um, so the thing I want to talk about is uh, an interesting note uh, in the Game Informer article is uh, that a few months ago when we talked to Raymond, she discussed some road bumps with Motive's new IP. Raymond noted some people who joined the project early on, probably people she brought in, I'm assuming. That's my own anecdote. Uh, already left, and the game still hadn't left the conceptual phase. Um, so, obviously she was leading that studio. Obviously she had been responsible for bringing um, Assassin's Creed still rolling. We've talk, we talked about Assassin's Creed at length during the show. Um, she knows what she's doing for the most part. This isn't surprising considering we see people, especially with EA, things don't work out as well. Um, I think, honestly, I think this is a mixture of a bunch of things. And I want to get your guys' opinion on it. So, one, she said people that were brought on to the project already left, uh, meaning that there was already turmoil there for some reason. Um, we know that EA hasn't had the best of success with the Star Wars games, uh, or the license, <laughs> rather. Um, and maybe this is just one of those other issues. And, um, I mean, Jade Raymond was responsible not only for EA Motive, but she was helping DICE. She was helping Visceral before they were closed. She was helping, she's been helping BioWare. Like, EA Motive and her specifically, she does a lot of work with all of the other EA studios. Like, she was pretty important. She was the head of EA Motive, but, like, she was helping with a lot of EA studios. Um, honestly, I think this is just her and EA being at an indifference. If the game still hadn't left conceptual phase, part of it is obviously the team working on it. But part of it could be that the reason they're still in conceptual phase is because the things that they're trying to do haven't been greenlit by... EA or by Star Wars and obviously maybe they just didn't come up with good ideas that's also a possibility but the fact that she has the track record she does I'm assuming that that's not the case I think it's just EA, more EA stuff going on um, and maybe she had an indifference of obviously Assassin's Creed is a single player game maybe EA was pushing on them to make it a multiplayer game and maybe that's where she kind of was like hey I think I have enough in this industry to be able to know what I want to work on, some leeway, and maybe they just had an indifference. I don't know. Um, I think this is a very important move that she's leaving. Um, what do you guys think about the whole situation? Been rambling. I mean, it seems like more EA being EA from, yeah. I don't know. Clearly from what I can, handling this Star so Wars situation very well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, we're only just guessing ultimately, right? Um, yeah, we don't know. And she hasn't really made a, <laughs> a statement yet either. Yeah. Um, Even speculating would be kind of a... A strong strong word but i mean they've ea's only given us you know reason to negatively speculate on the kind of shit they do with especially with, with star wars it seems so so 
that's what we're left to well, infer. If, if nothing else, this is just, you know, essentially another delay for that Star Wars game that she was <laughs> yeah. working on at her studio. So it's like, or if not a delay, then just telling us that it essentially had been delayed at one point because, you know, they've had such a difficult time getting it off the ground. So it's like, you know, when are we just going to get a great Star Wars game from EA? Is it going to fucking happen, man, before that, you know, they get this shit ripped out from under them? Who knows? It's it's definitely I think past the line of ridiculous at this point. I just how how much they've fumbled it. This is going to be maybe the most ignorant thing I'll ever say in my life and entitled and, and, and crazy, <laughs> but I just feel like it's so easy. You know, there's certain jobs like, okay, if you made me like general manager of the Detroit Lions, yeah, I'm probably not going to make them a better football team. But if you put me in charge, or any of the three of us, frankly, I would trust, if you put us in charge of like all of the Star Wars games going on at EA, I feel like, you know, given the right resources, uh, you know, financially and, and such, like we could do so much better, make so much better decisions than they've made. At least made. one of them would come out decent. I, I just, it seems so easy to me, and... I mean, my assumption is like, just like we read about with Visceral, like that EA from the top is just pushing in the wrong directions and they're kind of just ruining mm. things um, in their pursuit of what they think they want, but that's not even really what's best for them and that's not even really what's going right. to make them the most right. money as Battlefront 2 initially proved to us. Again, craziest thing I'll probably ever say, but I, ju- <laughs> I usually don't no. say like crazy shit like that, but I feel like... I could do a better job making decisions right now. I just, I don't know. It's, I know it sounds crazy. Like there's a lot more to it that I don't know about, but ah, it's just frustrating. I want Star Wars like, awesome games. Yeah, there, there hasn't. It's not like there hasn't been amazing Star Wars games before. You know, there's, there's a long history of those, and so the fact that they just have not been able to get the job done is just insane, man. And you know, for them to have the sorts of resources they do. It shows that it's clearly them shooting themselves in the foot. You know, it's not like they don't have... The reason that Disney and Lucasfilm partnered with them in the first place was because they had the uh, manpower to handle something like Star Wars. And they have just, you know, mucked it up so damn hard. And I really, really want us to hopefully quickly get back to a place where... Star Wars video games are not under exclusive license to a single publisher. Well, remember, Disney owns Star Wars. So, like, and they're seeing what happened with Spider-Man. You think they're ever going to sign an exclusive deal like this again? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, So hopefully that... But I'm just saying, hopefully, if that becomes the case sooner rather than later, because then we are, you know, closer to getting actually... You know, we should be getting tremendous Star Wars games. It's the same way I feel about the movies. At least good and ones. Really, a lot of the a lot of the novels right now is like, yeah, a lot of these. You know, they're they're passable, serviceable, whatever you want to call it. They'll get the job done. It is Star Wars. There's a, you know, it's got some characters in there that you know and love or are interested in or whatever that look cool. But when are we gonna get some Star Wars shit like we've had before plenty of times? That is, you know pun intended out of this world yeah like, the, the problem with star wars 2 is that a lot of times we've heard that the the people higher up uh, that that control star wars are very picky about what they allow and what they don't and that's the difference oh, yeah. with marvel where uh bill roseman from marvel games is like insomniac just create your own lore do what you want to do obviously they they're there to help them and and give them advice and stuff like that but they're just like create your own world don't be tied to any 
previous canon, just well, do what you want to do. Yeah, and, Marvel and, is in a much better place than Star Wars as far as just, like, you know, go be free and do your thing. Yeah. Uh, you guys tackled the Star Wars perspective. I want to talk about it from the Jade Raymond perspective. <laughs> yeah. Very, very... I mean, it's part of it, though. I think yeah. it's a valid talking point. Very rarely do you come across people with the success she does with 20 years of experience that are, like, free agents. Um, this is a person just like Amy Hennig for me personally. I'm sitting there, and I'm Phil Spencer. I'm like, dude, either have her become a part uh, of the initiative or, or bring her on to uh, be on a studio. Like, I... Yeah, she did just start her own studio with Motive, so I'd hate to be him asking, like, hey, you want to start another studio, like, five years after you just started one? But uh, it'd be Three years. She... <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, within five years, yeah, like, it would be a lot, but it'd be great to see her just kind of have her own studio uh, with Microsoft. And then well, the one thing just... we, we kind of, we, we forget to mention sometimes, with people like that, that could be wrong, but I assume... Say, you know, Microsoft brings her over and, and, you know, puts her in a studio or whatever. She's going to make some calls and she's going to bring some people with her, right? When a coach leaves one team for another, a lot of times there's some players that yeah. come along for the ride that she well, trusts type of thing. And who's to say the people she already trusted left? Because in that thing she said people who had joined early on already left. So who's to say yeah, that they already bounced? Yeah. yeah. And I agree with you, Jordan, that maybe it is too soon to give her another studio from her perspective and everything. Maybe just bring her onto the initiative as a consultant, and then when that's done yeah. and she has some room to breathe, then be like, I just it's hard to come across talent that has that much experience. And that's why like Amy Hennig and her, I just think they're valuable assets that you can maybe you don't even hire them on, but entertain the thought. You know what I mean? Have an interview, talk to them, see if you're what you want out of the future of Xbox aligns with what they want to do. Um, I think we, at the very least you should at least talk to them and see where they're sitting at creatively. Do we have any idea if Amy Hennig is still like chained down in somewhere in EA's basement? Well, no, she scraps of food. Uh, we know she's anymore. doing her own thing and she's experimenting with narrative and VR. Personally, VR isn't really going anywhere in terms of like up. So I think they're going to mess around with that for a bit and then she's going to want to go back to making something more traditional. Um, yeah. But I think now she just wants a break, a breather from uh, the Naughty Dog situation that she left and then the Visceral situation back-to-back. She probably just wants some creative um, freedom at this point, mm-hmm. just to breathe for a bit. Um, the second news story, PSN name change worrisome updates. We talked about the PSN name changes a couple of weeks ago. This is also from Game Informer by J.P. Uh, Jim, Jim Boris or Gem Boris. He's a very interesting last name. <laughs> Jembris. Um, Jimbrous. I'm just uh, kidding. I have no idea either. <laughs> Players are currently receiving invites to PS4's firmware 6.10 patch, which includes the name change beta, but are worried at some of the language expressed in the invite. Uh, Game Informer's uh, Gamboris writes, Among the myriad problems reported in this disclaimer, uh, games and apps may not function properly. Players may lose access to paid-for virtual currency and DLC... Save data uh, may be lost, which also includes leaderboard status, progress made in game, and trophy data. And your former PSN handle may remain visible to both you and other players even after you change it. It's like they just shouldn't have done it. They clearly don't have it nailed down. <laughs> so it's like you you can lose all of your data. Uh, you can lose access to the DLC you paid for or the virtual currency. And yeah, your name might not even change in the end. People might just see you as Turd Burglar 69. Like, <laughs> this is awful. Honestly, this is, like, worse than if they just announced that it wasn't possible <laughs> yet. Like, yeah. yeah. It's one thing when 
you know, there's some new service or new game or whatever, and like, oh, there, there's, you know, like, we found some bugs that we hadn't anticipated. These are the things they are anticipating. So God only knows the things that would happen, you know, that they haven't even seen yet that are even worse, too. <laughs> to me, it's like I think they got strong-armed into a position where they'd rather release it and have it. This is like it's not even really functioning at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's it's, doing this? Who's saying like, hell yeah, sign me up for the beta? Well, Woo! and this this makes you realize why they we're. I, I was complaining. I was like, why wouldn't you hold the PSX and make this announcement? Why wouldn't you make this announcement on PSX? Here we go. And that's why is because it's yeah. not what. Yeah, so many issues. Like, what's wouldn't the, it be great if they were like, and now we'd like to announce BSN name changes? Everybody freaks the fuck out, and then they spend twenty minutes like, but you can't do this, and it might fuck this. up. <laughs> Dude, imagine if Phil Spencer changed his gamer tag on stage. That'd be so funny. Oh, ooh. <laughs> That'd and be it's so like, funny. He's like, it's free for the next week. You can change your name. Yeah. For the next week, one time. That's so funny. Uh, or if they mention it during, like, when they announce the next Xbox, and they're like, yeah, you can still change your gamer tag. No issues. Don't have to worry about losing any of your save data. This is just so crazy because as big of a company and successful as PlayStation is, they yeah. in under normal circumstances, they wouldn't release something that's broken, you know? No. Yeah. I, it, none of it makes it's sense, It's weird. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, we need to make the announcement, who cares if it doesn't work, just push the goddamn green button and go. Jesus. Like, personally, so if I was somebody who had a bad PSN name, I'm literally in the same position I was before this was announced. You think yeah, I'm gonna yeah. change my gamer tag so I can lose the stuff I paid for and my game data, my saved game data? That's crazy. I don't know. It's sticking with anime tit lover. God, it's like the thing I said before the show. It's like you got it done, but what did it cost you? Yeah. Everything. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll remain uh, Skyrim Vape Lord sixty nine. Oh man, Skyrim Vape Lord. Skyrim. Vape Jesus Lord. Christ. Um, yes, there's not much else to say there. It's worse than we thought. We're being a little bit optimistic. <laughs> Dom, we're like, it's oh worse yeah, maybe. Than we thought. Maybe it just won't work with some games. Maybe you'll just see your old gamer tech. No, it could just totally <laughs> screw everything yeah. up. Uh, that's what we get for being optimistic. I always feel like I'm, like, bagging on PlayStation, so I just wanted to be optimistic, nah, you know dude. what I mean? And it's like, nope, nah, okay, dude. it's worse than I thought. Um, yeah. Which is, it's so funny because you see, like, God of War and all these single-player games getting absolutely fantastic review scores, and it's like, all this other stuff. It's like... You know what? It's it's like when your parents tell you to clean your room, and instead of cleaning, you just throw everything under the bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I my room's clean. Um, it's really funny. Some positive news for PlayStation. Let's get into the September MPDs and Spider-Man's impressive sales. So I'm gonna. Do you guys want to guess the top five, or you want me to go through them real quick? Up to you guys. I, I, I read them okay. a few days ago, so I can, I, I don't so really remember I it, guess, but I'll, I'm I will still guess the top five September NPDs. Okay, let me, so let me search my crystal ball I think that Spider-Man was a part of this list <laughs> yep. uh, so actually I have some some uh, details about specific entries too so we'll go into that afterwards number 5 Shadow of the Tomb Raider I think that's good um, I uh, think that's about where I expected it to be I'm glad it's not lower uh, there was I'm some worries was that people, exactly there were some worries that it was going to drop lower because of advertising or you know the current state it's releasing in with all these other big titles and the fact that it wasn't uh, developed by Crystal Dynamics, it was by uh, Idos Montreal. Idos. Yep. Uh, number four, FIFA 19. That's not even including PC sales. That's expected. FIFA is one of the biggest uh, sports franchises in the world. No surprise there. 
Number three, Ace Odyssey. Now you're you're saying to yourself, that's weird, Jared. Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out in October. MPD tracking actually ended the day after AC Odyssey came out, uh, October 6th, I believe, and there's some interesting details about that that we'll get into. Uh, number two, NBA 2K19. Once again, when sports games come out and the season starts up, they sell like crazy. Uh, Madden, NBA 2K, FIFA. Um, number one, Spider-Man. So you were writing your, your prediction that it is on the list. Shockingly, I know. You know, um, this crystal ball, I'll tell you what, boys. <laughs> Um, so here are some details about those entries. So like I said, FIFA 19 didn't include the PC numbers, so it could be potentially higher. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey came what out... What about Switch numbers? Uh, yes, but not digital. Right. Uh, AC Odyssey came out a day before tracking ended, so it landed at number three with only two, sale, uh, two days of sales tracked. It also saw double-digit percentage dollar sales growth compared to AC Origins, which is good for the franchise. I mean, it's tracking upwards. Um, NBA 2K19 had the highest launch month dollar sales of any sports game since 1995 when MPD started tracking games. Ooh-wee. The largest launch month for a sports game. It also is the... And be, that being said, it's also the biggest launch in NBA 2K history, which you kind of mm. would, uh, you know... Assume given how how well it sold, um, this is something that wasn't in the top five, but I wanted to mention it. So though it came in at number seven, Forza Horizon Four saw record numbers as well. It saw the highest launch month dollar sales in Forza history. So that's any of the Forza games. That's Motorsport or Horizon, and it also was the biggest launch for a racing game on any Xbox platform ever. So though it came Damn. in at number seven, it still did really well. Um, which Damn. Is, it's a quality game, so you'd expect it. Um, now, the top-selling games of the year so far, and there's an interesting one on here that you'll notice. So number five is NBA 2K19. So with one month, it's already number five. Number four, still holding strong, Monster Hunter World. Number three, with only one month of sales, Spider-Man PS4. Number two, God of War. And number one, Far Cry 5. Um, we're going to get into the Spider-Man number specifically, but it's cool to see two September games become two of the highest selling games for the year period. NBA 2K19 went, got in there and Spider-Man got in there. Um, we're assuming Red Dead will probably bump someone out and uh, Call of Duty will bump somebody out in October as well. We'll see next month. Um, but here's the Spider-Man info for you guys. So these are all like impressive records. One, it's the highest launch for a PlayStation exclusive ever. So any PlayStation game, not just PlayStation 4. Biggest launch for a PlayStation exclusive Damn. ever. It's the seventh biggest launch for a, play, a game on the PlayStation platform ever. So not just exclusive, like third-party wow. anything. The seventh highest release uh, launch on a PlayStation platform That's nuts, ever. dude. That means like, dude, like GTA V, yeah. any Call of Duty. It means this game is right up there with Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as far as like biggest Spider-Man things ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh Highest... Wait, Dom, do you know about Turn Off the Dark? Yeah, that was that, you know, that, that short thing right after Spider Universe, yeah. you know, Spider Lamp on my that Spider was Walls. The Broadway. Um, turn off Spider Man Turn Off the Dark is the Broadway play where they kept like hurting Spider Man because they were like falling off of their fucking um, things when they were swinging around on the webs on Oh Jesus. Uh, the next thing, it's the higher highest dollar sales for a launch month this year. So it's the highest selling launch of any game this year at all, period. Which will probably get passed by Call of Duty uh, next month, I'm assuming. Um, it's the eighth best. Selling, take. It's the eighth best selling game of the last twelve months. 
So over the last 12 months, it's the eighth best-selling game. So that's that's taking into account uh, Call of Duty, which released a year ago. Um, oh, okay. Yes, over the you course know, of the last 12 months, not just this year, because yeah. obviously this gotcha. year has been 12 months. Um, this is a, the the most interesting stat, I think. Launch month sales were 37% higher than all other Spider-Man games combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. yeah. Uh, we talked about Dom, how well this game was going to sell, and people underestimated it. I don't know why. Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. Dom, you were talking about... Uh, Dom, you mentioned the proximity of like DLC packs, story expansions, releasing Yeah. Uh, you know, with the main game, and I really think they're doing a smart thing here. I mentioned it earlier with their season pass, and I just think that's going to make this game sell so much for Christmas. Uh, because you know it's going to bring this conversation back up multiple times um you know when people are going to see the animated movie or whatever it may be like obviously spider-man's talked about all the time and so this is going to be part of that conversation and uh you know he's in spider geddon in the in the crossover event so that's a big deal obviously well i mean <laughs> but, uh, does he drive his spider car to his spider God. job no he just i like you cool making fun of like spider-man and yet, Batman does all of those things. That's your favorite yeah, scene. Yeah. Batman has a Batmobile, yeah, and a Batcave and Batarangs. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually it, probably cheesier, Batman, when you when you put it in those terms. Dom, yeah. yeah, Dom. What are what are this is a real thing? What are Robin's version of the battering? Of Think the, about it. Robin's. The batter what? The Batarang. Think about Robin's version. What would Robin's version be called? Oh well, it's the, the Robo Rang, of course. No, the birdering. The birdering, oh, yeah. Jesus, that's a real thing that they've used as the title. I um, just can't, man. I just can't. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, have you guys seen that? The uh, somebody says that Daredevil. The description of Daredevil and the description of Batman make it sound like the other person is named after them. Like somebody who uses sonar to fight crime and all this stuff. It's like, oh, he'd be called Batman. And it's like oh, oh, this other guy that uses nice. this other guy who uses fear as a tactic to. Oh, that'd be a cool like what if story or Elseworlds. That'd be if they cross like, that over. That Daredevil and Batman would be great crossover. Also, since we're talking about it, I think a third person uh, stealth action adventure Daredevil game would be fucking awesome. Well, no, you know it can't be first person. Black screen. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a black screen. Like no, you're seeing. A third-person game, just like Spider-Man PS4, but or Spider-Man Turn on the Dark PS4. Um, also, the but, mechanic you know, where it it's pulsates, like in sonar mode. Yeah, the mechanic where it pulsates out to find items actually makes sense too, right. In that context, right? Um, yeah, yeah, but oh, there's it would be such a great game. There's just a whole joke about like if you describe Daredevil to somebody, they think his name was Batman, and if you describe Batman That's to somebody, they think cool. he's Daredevil. That is a cool thing. I'm glad you told us that. <laughs> um, so with Spider-Man, I think there's three points where this game is going to sell like bonkers. Or four, I guess. One, Black Friday, it's going to continue to sell like bonkers. Holiday, Christmas, obviously. I think when Avengers 4 comes out, this game is also going to sell like bonkers again. I think it's going to pop up in MPD really high. Because people are going to go watch that movie. And uh, considering Spider-Man comes out the following month, we assume he's going to be back in some way. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. And obviously people I are going to... whipped out the... Uh the iron spider suit and power when i was playing through the dlc uh yesterday my buddy was freaking out he's like oh my <laughs> god it's just like the movie and then obviously when uh far from home comes out uh, i think that's another time when people it's going to sell like crazy too um 
I'm interested to see when they're going to announce that the sequel is being greenlit because we already know, given these numbers, uh, it's going to continue to sell. It's going to pass God of War. Um, nothing against Probably God of War's has. quality, but yeah, yeah, through October. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it already has. Um, people underestimated how popular Spider-Man is. We've talked about it. He's one of the most popular characters. His, apparently, his toys sell more than any other superhero. His specifically Spider-Man toys sell like bonkers. Because hmm, um, it's you know he's obviously above the the sonar superheroes, aka Batman and Dolphin Man. Also, you have to think about parents. Like nothing against Batman, but like if you're going to the store and your kid wants a Batman or Spider-Man, you're going to pick the one with the colorful suit. You know what I mean? Especially for like younger kids. Um, that being said, everybody just get loves both. Spidey, baby. Just get him both action figures. Have Spider-Man fight Batman. Do it. Don't be a coward. Crossover. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, that's it for the show. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to be playing. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna have AC Odyssey beat pretty soon as well. Um, MTG Arena. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I'm trying to think. Do the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina come out this week? Yeah, remember. baby. Um, also, uh, Dom, you really like horror stuff, right? Yeah, you're gonna tell me to watch that Netflix show. Yeah, it's on the list, man. I gotta do it. I haven't watched Haunting it. Haunting of Hill asking... House is fucking incredible, bro. <laughs> the two things I know about that show is very good, and episode six is one of the craziest things they've done in television. Yeah, no, That's it's like I'm like ready for it. We're going. We're uh, we're nearly done with making a murderer season two. Um, Worth a watch. Uh, I mean, I got like two episodes left. I'll let you know. So far, it's like there's just not enough more story to tell, in my opinion. The documentary just stretched out. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, we'll see what that, what else they give. I've not been following the news, uh, the past year on the actual cases. So there could be more that is going to get me. But from my, from what I heard, it's more Spidey challenges or something. Yeah. From what I heard, it's like, it's okay, but you can pass if you want. Like the first season, yeah. it doesn't really add much from what I've heard. But if you like want to know every last thing about, you know, these cases, then you got to do it, um, and it's still high quality. Like yeah. these people know how to put a documentary together. Um, and what's cool is that it, initially they address a lot of the criticisms uh, from the first, you know, uh, huh. the first season, and they, they were very aware of themselves because obviously the first season had such an effect on the cases and what's going on in the world. And so <laughs> that's actually been really cool is the, how they've been aware of themselves for the second season and their effect and uh, their you know response it's not like a literal response um because no one in the documentary is actually talking they're interviewing you know what i mean yeah. you don't hear the a voice of someone who made the documentary but it's cool how you can see like oh I, <laughs> this is what they're saying about that you know these fuckers or whatever it's funny yeah um some of that's pretty cool but overall i'm like eh, i'm kind of like getting dried out on the story especially on the Stephen avery side i'm I've actually become more convinced that, yeah, this dude is guilty as a motherfucker. Um, oh, dang. But, <laughs> whereas after the first season, I was like, I don't know. Maybe. But uh, so, um, but anyway, I won't go too far into it. I'm not even done yet. So, But after that, i got to get into that, yeah, that Haunted on Hill House business. Yeah, I was going to say, since we mentioned that, Jared, and you were talking about Daredevil having like the one-shot episode um, where – there's a long extended shot where there's oh, a the bunch continuous of shit shot. Yeah. yeah, like the escape from the prison. They have one of those in Haunting of Hill House, and it is fucking awesome. They have so many episodes like that. Um, it's you know based around this big family that moves into this house to like flip this old haunted house, and so like each kid, there's five kids, and each of them gets their own episode. Um, so that's really cool. And also, I'll say if you guys are gonna watch that. 
I highly recommend it. Really enjoy the show. Apparently, uh, there are ghosts hidden throughout the show all over the place. Not even in scenes mm-hmm. where you're like supposed to see a ghost. Like you know, There's scenes where people are being scared by a ghost... And then there's other scenes where people are just talking, but they place ghosts as like Easter eggs in the background. That's pretty cool. So watch out for that because I've caught, I think, I know I've caught one, maybe two. I'll have to go back and, you know, like read an article or watch a YouTube video once I'm finished. But uh, I got a few episodes left. And yeah, just go into that with uh, your eye out for that stuff because it's, when you do catch it, it's really fucking cool. Uh, Great show. Dom, two questions for you. One, are you getting Red Dead at launch? Uh, I don't know. I was uh, everything I hear about it. It sounds awesome. Even oh, I thought mechanics. you pre-ordered it. No, I never did. I never did. I, I was always on the line. I was like, I don't think so. Um, but I, I've listened to a few reviews today, and like some of the new mechanics I'm, I'm hearing about, like these survival mechanics, and like you have to eat and drink, and you have to like feed your horse, and all this stuff. I'm like, and camping, and I don't know. All that is like so far right up my alley. And I'm like, oh, this is actually sounds awesome, and it, it feels. What I'm hearing about it so far it sounds different than what I know of Rockstar games so far. Um, some of these new mechanics. So I like that actually has got me sold. But apparently, as of the day of recording this, the day before the game comes out, it's already too late to get the Amazon pre-order discount. It's fucking stupid, Amazon. Damn. So now I thought I'm that like, lasted Ugh. until after the game came out. That's I did too, but I guess it's only select titles now. And I looked at the list and there's people, only like eight. A bunch of people's deliveries got delayed till the 28th too. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that's becoming Love more that. widespread with their missing orders. Um, yeah. But anyway. The one cool thing is you can yeah. name your horse, and I think I'm going to name my horse Sore Throat. <coughs> what the fuck? Horse. When you have a sore throat, your throat is horse. Your horse. It's a bad Wow. wow we're we're going to call that a Jared. miss. <laughs> I'm going to shut your mic off. Uh, it's been great having you on the yeah. show. But I was also going to ask, but, are you uh, jumping in this evening here in a few hours? Uh, I'll probably do it tomorrow. Uh, I want to spend the rest of the night playing AC Odyssey. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not, okay. I'm not worried about jumping in right away. I'm, I'll keep I'm, my mouth shut about the opening since you guys aren't jumping in right away. Huh. Well, but yeah, I'm, Jared, I'll, I'll play it by by next Thursday. Uh, actually, I'll probably play it tomorrow, the opening of it. But I just mean like I won't. I'm not gonna hop into Facebook chat tonight and be <laughs> yeah. like, dude, I can't believe Samus is a girl. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm still kind of stuck because there's only a few more weeks now until Fallout, and I know that's where I really want to spend my time. And it, as it turns out, I feel like there's actually going to be a couple similarities between these games. I know that sounds crazy, but kind of that survival aspect, um, some of the crafting and stuff, I feel like, I don't know, a little bit of the same stuff going on. You know, maybe 5% of <laughs> aspects of each game are the same. Anyway, um, those are both going to be big time sink type games, and I don't know if I want to have those conflicting necessarily. Because uh, my heart is going to tell me to pl- keep on playing Fallout, but I think my head will tell me to play some Red Dead. It's probably going to be a better game. But uh, man, the heartbreaking thing is like, I love Fallout so much. Yeah. And I think I'm hard out on on 76. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's just like there's so many other things to play, and it's like, from what I've heard, the like the multiplayer aspects seem like they're hitting right with people, but like the Fallout World stuff, like what I expect from a Fallout World, <laughs> isn't fully there. So I'm just, like, I don't know. I'll probably end up eventually playing it, but not buying a Fallout game at launch is like heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, and that like we talked about that with me in AC Odyssey. It's just weird, man. That like weird to hear you talking about it, Jared. And I'm like, 
he's like telling me things and <laughs> I, I haven't already experienced them yet in an yeah. Assassin's Creed game. It's so weird. But uh, there is one other thing I've been like on the line. I just haven't had a minute. I've been uh, traveling and stuff recently. But I really think I want to grab uh, Jordan. You talked <clears> about this game a while ago. Hyperlight Drifter came out on Switch. And uh, nice. I watched I watched some gameplay of that, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this this looks yep. like just really nice and fan, like soothing, but still, there's a lot, I want to I want to play it'll it. Be, so. I think it'll be a great game for you, Dom. Um, yeah, some of the combat, like the rhythm of the combat, to me, I just could never. I felt like it was off, uh, but maybe going into it knowing that and just knowing that like it is kind of difficult, especially the dash move is like a a ramp up rhythm that you have to get used to so hmm. um and then there is that difficulty it definitely has uh bloodborne vibes i would say yeah i was just i just watched them 10 minutes of gameplay and i just like kind of like fell in love with it it was weird i was like yeah. i've never felt it's a quick like game this. yeah like six maybe six hours eight hours at most and um that's mainline but uh i think it'll be great on switch yeah so i might do that stuff. too disaster piece shout out to the music done by disaster piece oh. But before any of that, I'm definitely going to finish God of War 3 Remaster, the hot new game of this year. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what are you going to be doing? I'm assuming finishing that Spider-Man DLC? Yeah, maybe. So I'll be hopping into Red Dead this evening, and, you know, who knows if I'll fin- finish Spidey DLC by next week. I'm still not Do what feels uh, right. Decided. <laughs> play what you want to play, Dom. Yeah. Uh, I haven't decided yet, but I may or may not kind of mess with the side stuff in the DLC I, I excuse me never really finished it up in the main game so um, we'll see but definitely Red Dead definitely Spidey DLC the heist uh, heist definitely some more Valkyria Chronicles on Switch uh, I'm sure I'll keep up with Assassin's Creed Origins and Bravely Default and then uh, watching Kiki's Delivery Service next for the Studio Ghibli uh, collection and uh, it's a great movie seen a lot of these movies um, so yeah really enjoying going back through those uh, finishing up Daredevil season 3 obviously then um, there's yeah there's like uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix I guess I'll yeah like I said I might <clears throat> watch making it uh, Making a Murder Season 2 on my second screen at some point. Still getting through, like, um, Fear the Walking Dead Season 4 and Luke Cage Season 2, um, as far as that goes. And then, um, I don't know, like, I'm definitely going to watch Sabrina uh, when it comes out this weekend. And I'm, like, teetering back and forth on Haunted on Netflix, because it's like this, uh, it's supposed to be kind of like a documentary series about uh, people you know being haunted experiencing ghosts or whatever on netflix but uh it's, it's weird like people are saying it's fake but it's like presented as a real documentary i don't know it's weird i don't, I don't know if i want to watch I'm it just, yet. who knows but <laughs> i'm just thinking of american vandal with ghosts and that's hilarious to me yeah Obviously it's not the same like, thing, i don't like, know if that's the situation it's not a jokey thing but yeah. it, it might be like a mockumentary who knows yeah um, but yeah, there's plenty of like spooky stuff to watch. Some good Netflix stuff. Did you ever get around to Apostle, Jared? You want nope, Apostle? Uh, it's on my queue on my watch list. It's up there Noise. near the top. Yep. Noise. So, yeah, I'll definitely be uh, you know watching some more spooky stuff. I'm sure. Ringing in 
the holidays. Tis the uh, season. Real quick, before I close out the show, do either of you believe in ghosts? Absolutely, no. Jared. <laughs> so, did I tell you, uh, this is a weird place to, to talk about this story, but oh, God. When, I moved in, when I moved into this house, uh, my landlord was walking me around, and uh, there's basically two houses on this lot. And um, so at some point, someone that lived in the front house hung themselves like five years ago in uh, one of the trees on the the side of the house that I live in. So I definitely <laughs> think there, there it's possible that there's some spirits floating around my yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, you know, and in my house, I'm haunted by uh, an aborted fetus, you know, that was uh, from the Baron's daughter or whatever. You live in the oh, PT Jesus house? Christ, the Baron's daughter. Yeah, it was a Witcher Three reference. Never mind, guys. Ghosts aren't also real. America. America doesn't have real ghosts. It's just in England, where they've been having history for uh, millennia. Bro. Come on over. Come on over to Tennessee. <laughs> come on over. Yeah, I mean we have like the ghosts haunted conquistadors and Spaniards and stuff here, and uh, Native Americans. I thought it was fitting to ask like a Halloween inspired question towards the end, since we won't be recording till after Halloween. So I didn't. Jared, know it's great to have you on the show. Do you believe in ghosts? Zero uh, percent. Zero percent. Yeah, I. So if you saw like a wisp, a light, ephemeral wisp, as you were walking through a dark room in your house, no one's around. You know, it's not a person. Uh, and it's my eyes what tricking you, what me. What would you it's think? Like, it's probably it's my eyes tricking me. It's something with, yeah, the lighting. So it's or... like you're looking at it scientifically. That's how sure. I approach almost everything. Yeah. Right. Well, even if you can't explain it scientifically. That doesn't mean the only explanation left is ghost either. Is yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Um, Could be a specter. Also, I'm not a very spiritual person at all, so I think that has a lot to do with <laughs> it too. Without going into a deep discussion, mm. but I think so, so having some spirituality to yourself, I think, lends itself to you being more accepting of uh, absolutely. Ghosts and stuff. Uh, you know, Jared, I hate to, <laughs> uh, to come at you like this, but you, you can't see what I'm looking at here in the crystal ball, and so. <laughs> I just want you to know that the spirits that do surround you on a daily basis, you know, they're not there to hurt you. And so, you know, just give them some positive vibes and they'll give them back and you guys will all coexist and uh, happily habit. Worst case scenario, I'll just call Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon to come help me and capture them, you know, the best. Just make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pull out your neutrino wand. Just Uh, offer your sunlight medals at the sunlight altar and praise the sun. Real quick before we close, the funniest thing is when Andy uh, from Kind of Funny called it a Neutrogena. Funniest thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to episode 117. Master Chief out. Was that party mode? Uh, Yeah, that was their their Ghostbusters Let's Play. Thank you guys for listening. Sparty mode. Thank you guys for listening to episode 117. Good one. Of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. If you can, please follow us on YouTube. This is Sparta! Follow us on iTunes. Leave us a review. It definitely helps. Uh, Twitter, at CTRLINT. That's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos, as he has a problem with them. And uh, Jordan is at Mellow Modus. Catch you guys next time.